0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And if you hear that music, you know that it is Fantasy Football Friday time. That music ushers in Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented to you by the Wildcats Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, Right off of the Hinsdale Road exit, you see Township 5 right in front of you. You make a left under the bridge and go into the Home Depot Plaza, and you will find the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York through Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Frankly, the only place you need to be playing fantasy football is inside of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge in Syracuse, Central and Upstate New York. Make sure that you you find your way out to the Wildcats Sports Pub on Sundays, on Thursdays, Saturdays when there's games, Monday night football and whatnot, and enjoy yourself a great time and a great atmosphere great food, great atmosphere. They have couches. They have, you know, when the weather's nice, outdoor volleyball. They have a gaming area. It's family-friendly. It's kid-friendly, which you can't say about 99% of sports bars out there that they have a very, very kid-friendly atmosphere and approach to everything. So make sure you make your way out to the Wildcat Sports Pub with your family, girlfriend, boyfriend, your kids, parents, Whatever it may be, head out to the Wildcat Sports Pub. They do catering. They do parties on location as well. And, of course, they're doing the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge live drafts on Saturday, August 26th at noon and 5 p.m. and Sunday, August 27th at noon and 5 p.m. as well. So, I'm ecstatic about the drafts. I'm ecstatic about what's coming up. I'm also very excited about drafting with this man who's about to jump on the air with me, and that is Mr. Mike Sofka who... You have come to know here on the show, Mike in Central Florida, myself in Central New York, and we always find a way to you know, come together to do this show, as well as uh, you know, find our way together to draft together and play in the league that we've now been in for eight years in the Central Florida area. So I want to thank Mike for being a part of the league. I want to thank him back in the day for listening to me on ESPN 1080. I want to thank him for the moments that we got to work together at WLBE, and uh, I want to thank him the most for being the the type of good guy that he is, and being somebody that you can count on, which is very very hard to find in today's world. So, to all the things that Mike has brought to the show, and for being somebody you can rely on and count on, and and who gives us all, you know, I got a lot of respect for Mike Sofka, and that's how I'm going to bring him into the show. Mike, how you doing today?
1: Wow, I don't know. I can follow that introduction, but thank you very much. I hope I don't disappoint anybody today. After you put me up on that pedestal, but thank you.
0: You're welcome. So Mike Sofka here with me, myself Dan Satora, of course, and we are here to give you advice on fantasy football here this week and every single week throughout the entire season, beyond the season, after the season, and then in the beginning of next season. We just Keep going with fantasy football because those of you that know football and know fantasy know that it truly never ends. So, with that being said, we've done our quarterback show, we've done our running back show, and now it's time to take a look at the wide receivers. So, I'm going to give my top five, is how we're going to start this thing, and I'm going to hand it off to Mike afterwards and have him give his top five and his reasoning. So, for me, Antonio Brown easy top choice. When you look at the receivers from last season, 2016-17 NFL League averages among wide receivers who had at least 40 catches, they had 868 receiving yards, 67 catches, and 4.9 touchdowns last season. So for all receivers that had at least 40 catches, they ended up with an average of 868 receiving yards, an average of 67 catches, and an average of 4.9 touchdowns. Antonio Brown had 1,284 receiving yards last year, 106 catches, and 12 touchdowns. He is your clear, lethal fantasy wide receiver. You do not want to play against him, and when I finally broke my rule, I had a rule of, I didn't draft any Pittsburgh Steelers when I was growing up as a kid, just never did it. I broke that rule a couple seasons ago, and I won my first Super Bowl Thanks to Antonio Brown. I needed 10 points. He caught the ball. Almost tripped. uh, He banged into his own own teammate. Almost fell over his own teammate. Stayed up and ran 40 yards to get me the 6 points plus the 4, which was the 10 I needed. I think he actually ended up getting me like 12 points. I needed 10 to win the game, and I won it by literally what whatever you want to call it the uh, the skin of your teeth or however you want to refer to it Antonio Brown bump and the moment he bumped into his own teammate I almost lost it because I said if I'm gonna lose this game because he falls tripping over his own teammate that's that's not acceptable Antonio Brown is the one that won me my Super Bowl it's very easy for me to put him at number one because it is clear that his consistency and his ability to play with multiple quarterbacks when Ben Roethlisberger is injured is something to note and something to respect, although he's not targeted nearly as much if Ben Roethlisberger is not out there. My number two, I'm going to keep it number two, despite the ankle injury, Odell Beckham Jr., 1,367 receiving yards last year, 101 catches and 10 touchdowns. His preseason ankle injury provides some uncertainty, for us for week one of the fantasy season, but as long as he is not in a place where this will nag him throughout the year, he is still the second best option. My number three is Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay. When healthy, Evans is one of the best receivers in the game. The addition of Jameis Winston recently to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has reinvigorated a wide receiver who was starting to do some good things prior to the time of Jameis Winston and the era of Jameis Winston. Mike Evans is a guy who you might have gotten away with sneaking in in the third round a couple years ago. You're not going to be able to sneak him in on anybody moving forward. My number four is Julio Jones. He is number four because of his constant and consistent season-by-season foot injuries, which is what places him here. He had 1,409 yards last year, six touchdowns, 83 catches, but his health is what lands him at number four. And at number five, Jordy Nelson health lands him here as well very dangerous player could honestly be one of the top three when it comes to numbers at the end of the year but he's got to stay healthy so my number one through five Antonio Brown Odell Beckham Jr. Mike Evans Julio Jones and Jordy Nelson I now hand it off to Mike Sofka to give his top five and his reason well
1: you and I have the same five players all right but They're just a little mixed up in order here. I I think we can both agree on Antonio Brown. This is a guy that last year, if I had the number one pick overall, I was taking Antonio Brown. I'm a little softer on receivers this year across the board because, well, time has caught up with me. I've been on receivers hot and heavier than most people for the past several years. And it's kind of like when everybody zigs, you need to zag well, if everybody's going to pile on the receiver bandwagon, now guess what, it's time to shift gears and go to running backs. And there's good reasoning just about any scoring system. Now, it doesn't mean wide receivers are any less important, especially in a PPR league, but you can't argue with Antonio Brown being the number one guy overall. And and let me preface this by saying one more thing. If you look at something in common that all five of these receivers have, they all have a great quarterback. And I don't just mean a, a good quarterback. I mean they have a great quarterback. Antonio Brown has been Ben Roethlisberger. My only reservation about Antonio Brown this year is Roethlisberger supposedly was contemplating retirement going into this season, and I think that shows that his heart may not be 100% in it, but how can you retire when you have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell there with you? I would play till I'm 68 in a wheelchair if they let me, if I had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So... I think Antonio Brown is still safely the number one overall receiver by a a good amount, okay, by at least a point or two a week over the second guy I have, and that's Julio Jones. Now, Dan, I know you had Julio Jones at number four, and you're crazy. I'm just going to say you're crazy. Julio Jones, I know he's had injury problems, but Julio Jones is not too far behind Antonio Brown, and he's heads and shoulders above these other guys. This This is an athlete. This is a guy who's a danger to score in every play, and this is a guy who gets the job done. He's not a number four receiver. He's the number two receiver, in my opinion. But, you know, hey, you and I can differ. That's okay. We, we still have him in the top five, both of us. Now, when I go over to number three, I got to go o- Odell Beckham Jr. I know you had him at number two. Here's, my, here, here's the only thing I'm holding me back on Odell. I think he's become more of a drama queen. I think he's become more of a guy who... It's about me, it's about the camera, it's about my brand. I'm building something here. I'm asking the net on the sideline to marry me. I slightly tweaked my ankle. Now, mind you, it looked like a vicious hit, but my ankle's tweaked. I fall down after I walked off the field in its entirety. Then I fall down on the sideline. Then when I realize the camera's following me into the tunnel, I fall down again. Come on, bro. Play football. You're one of the best receivers in the league. Get out there and make those highlight catches. Da-na-na, da-na-na. That's what I want to see from Odell Beckham. I don't want to see you uh, over. You're not up for an Academy Award. There's no Oscar here, but you can take your team to the Super Bowl if you just focus on the team and not yourself, Odell. Number four, I got Mike Evans. I know you had Mike Evans at number three, and it's not much of a difference there. I will say Mike Evans. Is is a supreme athlete. I've been following him since the days of A&M. This is a guy that can surely get it done. And Jameis Winston is no slouch. The addition of Deshaun Jackson, now O.J. Howard, uh, they're going to have some inconsistency in the backfield to start with. I know. I get that. But it's all going to work out. Mike Evans is going to be an elite receiver. You can't go wrong with Mike Evans. And then my number five is Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson is a guy that again he has an elite quarterback, and and Jordy Nelson, great quarterback, and Jordy Nelson, great quarterback, and Jordy Nelson is number one target. I know he's had problems staying on the field, but you know when you're dealing with a guy who's had injuries, it is what it is. He's getting injured, making big plays. He's getting injured by giving it his all, and this is a guy who, when he gives it his all, he's going to be an elite receiver. So you can't go wrong with a Jordy Nelson. So any one of these guys, I'm glad we're in agreement of the top five. The order's just a little bit shoveled there. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And uh, and I have to respond to to Mike saying I'm just playing crazy. So I got I got it. Got to go into this for a minute now. Who now, Julio Jones? I love you. I do. I love you very much, Julio Jones. As a rookie. 13 games out of 16, 2012, 13, he played 16, the next season he played five, then he played 15, then he played 16, then he played 14. So it's somewhat consistent. He is there for you most of the time. The issue is that Julio Jones tends to play injured. He tends to have a nagging foot injury that continues to stay with him over the past few seasons. The issue with that is he gets you your numbers in week 1 and week 2, but he's not there for you in week 15 and 16, and those are the times where you need him most or in the middle of the season when you're trying to create some separation. Every single game counts, which is why Julio dropped in my list. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's a bad receiver to have. It's why he's in my top 5. I saw this morning that in another ranking system he was in that somebody had him number 1 over Antonio Brown, which I don't agree with. But Julio Jones, if we were talking about a guy who did not play injured all the time, knowing inevitably that if you play injured, he's eventually going to have to sit, my concern is, is he going to be sitting the day that I need him most? Is he going to be sitting in my Super Bowl? Is he going to be sitting when I'm in the first or second round of my playoffs? That's my concern. Odell Beckham Jr., I agree with you, Mike. Okay, The numbers put him at number two. I have never put him at number two before this season. He's at number two this season because of the fact that he can produce, because he's gotten some much-needed help in the receiving core. Eli Manning, you could call him what you want to call him. You could say he's interception crazy at times, but Eli Manning is a good quarterback to have when you ha- when you are drafting a wide receiver in fantasy. It is a good quarterback to trust is going to throw a few touchdowns a game. 2 to 3 touchdowns a game I look at. Odell is the best option. Brandon Marshall's a former number 1 who takes some take some of that off of him. Evan Ingram at a tight at the tight end position can take some off of this as well because New York utilizes the tight end. Sterling Shepard is a young cat who can be in the slot and take some off of Odell Beckham Jr. So, with that being said, Odell is where he is because he's better than Victor Cruz who had a really nice season and then everybody figured him out and then that was the end of it. Odell Beckham Jr. has proven he can do it when he focuses and Mike is 150% correct. When Odell Beckham Jr. decides to focus on football he is ultimately nearly unstoppable but he has to focus on football. 6-10 through 10 for me, Mike. T.Y. Hilton of the Colts followed by Doug Baldwin of the Seahawks, Brandon Cooks of the Patriots, who I know is a lot higher on my list than on others I have seen. Number nine, Michael Thomas of the Saints, and number 10, Amari Cooper, who is not quite far behind him. Michael Crabtree, his teammate, is at number 12, and Devontae Adams makes my list at number 11. He has been one of the most understated, disregarded wide receivers out there. When Jordy got hurt, Devante stepped up. When anybody got hurt, Devontae stepped up. So what does your six through ten look like? And we'll shoot we'll go from there because the Brandon Cooks conversation, as well as Michael Thomas and, and the Raiders, there's a lot in what I just gave that needs to be had on today's show as people get prepared for their fantasy football season and their fantasy football live draft. So how does your six through ten look? Well, first off, where's AG Green on your list? A.J. Green is residing on my list at number 13.
1: My gosh, I am glad I'm in
0: the league with you. Injuries. <laughs> Injuries. <laughs> Mike, I lo- listen, on paper, I love these kids. On paper, they are dangerous. On paper, they make me feel good. But I, on paper, am looking at an A.J. Green that if he played for 16 games, there's no question that I would. somebody takes Antonio Brown, I might take A.J. A. Green next. But when you get injured and there's that issue of spreading the ball out and not having somebody helping A.J. Green and they haven't had a significant number two in a very long time, those are the things. I look at the big picture and say, A.J. Green, he's a good wide receiver. But where's the help? Where's the guy to take some attention off of him? Where are the guys that are going to take the double team off of him? Is he going to stay healthy? And what is this running game going to look like? Because it's been insane. And Joe Mixon looks nice, but Joe Mixon's got to stay out of trouble. So there's a lot behind why he stands at 13. But trust that if he was a healthy man with more help out there, there's no question that you could put A.J. Green in the top 10.
1: This is a wake-up call Fast Break. The
0: Wildcats Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family friendly. Some family friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base Four eight seven two 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 for the Wildcat Family Friendly Sports Pub and Restaurant.
1: Look, AJ Green is going to be fine. As a matter of fact, I got him uh, one point for the entire season behind Jordy Nelson, so he's almost a tie for five at, uh, on my list. The good news is a guy like Jordy Nelson, who I have at five, and AJ Green, who I have at six they're going average draft position of at the end of the first round so don't be afraid hold your water if you're in a draft and you're near the end of the first round you want to get a top level receiver with your first pick you can still do that it's not like you know if you have six you have to jump out there but you know you probably want to go running back in my opinion but for more on that go to my website hall bank fantasy com. but listen i got aj greener i'm not worried about him at six i think that you know, average draft position, first round at the end is great value there. He's a tremendous athlete. And you're right, the reason why he's downgraded that far is simply because of the, the injury issue, the, the fact where he could stay on the field. But I think that the Joe Mixon... In the running game, it's going to bring a lot more guys into the box. It's going to open things up a little better for A.J. Green. And I think it's a dynamic situation. You're right, Joe Mixon does need to stay out of trouble. But I think Joe Mixon's on a path where he realizes he's done some things wrong in the past, and he just needs to recover from those at this time. It's bad when you're starting with a strike against you in a way, but it is what it is. So A.J. Green's a fine pick as the number six wide receiver. I got Michael Thomas not too far behind him at seven. Michael Thomas first on the team. Think about this. How good are you if you can supplant Brandon Cooks? And how good was Brandon Cooks if he could supplant Kenny Stills? These are guys that New Orleans seems to be growing these receivers on trees in the backyard and then throwing them away or giving them away. So it's great. He's a great athlete, tremendous player. He's going to continue to climb up the draft boards in years to come as he develops more in the league. But Michael Thomas, you can bargain for him in the beginning of the second round. T.Y. Hilton is my 8. I realized he was your 6. T.Y. Hilton's got a great quarterback. If this quarterback can ever stay on the field, this is a situation where T.Y. Hilton's, argu- you know, with, without argument, the number one receiving option in Indianapolis. And you can get him near the end of the second round, but the reason why I've got him at 8 and not 6 is, again, this quarterback situation. I'm not sure who the quarterback's going to be there for most of the year. At 9, i got Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's got Derek Carr again, a great quarterback. But you can get value from Amari Cooper. Some people say he had a bit of a, uh, you know, a sophomore slump coming. But you can get him at the end of the second round as well. And number ten, I got Des Bryant. Now I know people are going to be game planning a lot more for, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. But and I know Zeke is going to be out for a little while. But Des Bryant's Des Bryant. He's still worthy of being in that top receiver conversation no matter where and you can get him near the end of the second round as well so you know i think we're, we're close on these six through ten guys but the, you know the a.j green and des bryant that you know you, you got to include these guys I don't, I don't see how you're missing
0: them well the case with a.j green as i've spoken about is is health and yes the recipe for success is there in cincinnati as far as what they have going into the season as opposed to what they've had in the past but they still have to carry it out. I've been watching this Cincinnati team thinking that they had a recipe for success in the past, thinking that A.J. Green could rise to be one of the top two, top three. He could be the top if you look at the offense of Cincinnati in the past, but it just hasn't happened. Last season, four touchdowns, 66 catches, 964 receiving yards. When I look at him and see his four touchdowns, then I easily look at Devontae Adams, who was underlooked 12 touchdowns. I look at Michael Thomas's 1,100-yard season and nine touchdowns. I look at Brandon Cook's 1,100-yard season, despite having Michael Thomas on the team. I look at Baldwin having seven touchdowns, where Doug Baldwin is an afterthought sometimes by people. I look at T.Y. Hilton with having Andrew Luck, who's struggled the last couple of years, and he still had over 1,400 yards. And I look at Jordy Nelson, who bounced back from injury with 14 touchdown so you know the numbers don't lie when it comes to AJ Green he should be better than what he is he should be doing more and more consistent than what he is but he's got to stay healthy and he desperately needs help and when you look at what he has on his team right now as far as help at wide receiver the Cincinnati Bengals have Brandon LaFell who has been somewhat underwhelming they have Tyler Boyd who's been underwhelming they have Cody Core, Alex Erickson, you know, guys that you don't anticipate will get a ton of looks, and they have John Ross, the rookie. Now, I if John Ross can leapfrog Boyd and LaFell and do something here, I think John Ross could make this thing a dangerous offense for, you know, for A.J. Green helping A.J. Green and helping out Cincinnati, but Tyler Boyd, you know, you got to think this is his last year to show himself in Cincy, and... I completely feel that if John Ross can move up and get some things going, then he's going to help out A.J. Green. But it's a big if. It's a rookie season, and that's why A.J. sits where he sits. Dez Bryant, for me, is right behind A.J. at 14. So they're not far out of the top 10, but Dez Bryant has gotten less looks, less opportunities, you look at somebody like Dak Prescott, who's been spreading the ball around, Cole Beasley is someone who people laughed off in the past, and all of a sudden, Cole Beasley became relevant in fantasy to pick up in a, in a week where you have somebody injured or somebody off, and maybe hold on to him for a couple weeks. So, you know, Jason Witten and having Cole Beasley out there, seeing them get targeted by Dak Prescott, it just leads me to believe that, that Dez, yeah, he should be a lot better, and his numbers should be high, and he is a very dangerous wide receiver, and I don't deny that, and I don't deny that somebody will pick him up prematurely that's a Cowboys fan, but in my rankings, I can't justify saying he's better than Michael Crabtree, who's resurrected his career, better than Devontae Adams, who's playing with the best quarterback in the game when it comes to fantasy, And, I mean, his numbers don't lie. You look at the best reality quarterback, it's Tom Brady. The best fantasy quarterback that should be better in reality if the team could just get it all together is Aaron Rodgers. And Amari Cooper, to me, has been, a you know, like Michael Thomas, he's been a young star who I still think we haven't seen everything from. And Brandon Cooks, 1,100 yards last season playing with Michael Thomas, eight touchdowns and almost 80 catches, and now he's Tom Brady's potential number one receiver. So that's why they land where they land. Larry Fitzgerald made my top 15 barely right at the end. And Demarius Thomas Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders were hard for me. They made my top 21 because of the fact of Trevor Simeon and still feeling like we're going to see Paxton Lynch at some point this season. DeAndre Hopkins makes it kind of like Andre Johnson had made my top 20 in the past because for some reason, Houston wide receivers know how to score, know how to rack up yardage, even when they play with 14 different quarterbacks. Terrell Pryor creeped into my top 20 because I think Washington's offense is going to be pretty nasty this year. And Elshon Jeffrey made it into my top 20 with Rashard Matthews. And I think Rashard Matthews almost a thousand yards in just shy of 10 touchdowns last season. He was an underestimated kid who I think round six, you can sneak in and grab him. And then Devontae Parker was like 25 or 26 on my list. And he rose up to 22 because I do think he's the number one and best option for Miami right now. And I think he showcased that in his most recent game. And I don't have a Jaguar until number 24 with Allen Robinson, not because of his capability or his talent, but because that Jaguars situation at quarterback is so muddied right now that I, I'm i looking at Marquise Lee, Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns, who all have the opportunity to crack into your draft, but they're all directly affected by the turmoil, turmoil at quarterback, and really the only safe Jaguar to draft is Leonard Fournette right now, so... You know that's how my top 24, 25 looked. Tyreek Hill made it into the top 25, but you know I have sleepers as well. So before I go to those, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have the mic, Mike, and give you an opportunity to say what your top 20 looks like. And now that you've kind of heard my reasoning and, and who's cracked it into the top 20, where do you have some of these guys? And for an Emmanuel Sanders or a Demarius Thomas or a Devontae Parker where the quarterback is a big question mark, and Allen Robinson, where do you kind of set these guys up?
1: Well, again, I'm glad I'm in the league with you, because you, <laughs> you and I are a little bit apart on these receivers, and that's a good thing, because not everybody's going to agree, but this is this is exciting for me. Demaryius Thomas, you know, he, he just misses my top ten. He's my 11 guy. And, you know, again, we've talked about quarterback being important, you know, he's got. They finally made the decision that it is going to be Trevor Simeon. You know, the Olympia high school product here out of Orlando. This is a a, a solid quarterback situation for him for now. But he's the guy that can. But he's the guy that can. But he's the guy that can throw it deep to Demarius Thomas, and that's what you need. Doug Baldwin, I got right behind him as well, basically tied with Demarius Thomas. Because of the volume, he's going to be the number one guy. They do have some rookie receiving options, and they do have a tremendous ability to run the ball in Seattle. So you would think that would take away from the receiving game. No, 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 no. That's what you want. You want a great running game. That opens the receiving game. So Brandon Cooks, right behind him at, at, at the 13. How can you go wrong with Brandon Cooks. The guy put up the yardage last year in in New Orleans, and now he goes to a situation where there's a better quarterback. So, you know, I think they're going to use him wisely. I think it's going to be kind of like that year they just threw it up in the air to Moss. It's going to be a good thing. That's going to create some space for Gronk underneath, but Gronk is Gronk. They're still going to put two guys on him, so I look for a- Is a great quarterback there. At 19, I'm going Keenan Allen. You got to pay a little more for him. You got to go at the end of the third round. But Keenan Allen is, if he can stay injury free again, is going to have a great year. Good solid quarterback situation and relationship with Phillip Rivers there for the Chargers. And number 20, moving up the draft board a little bit, but there's still a lot of value there because you don't have to draft him right away. You can wait till the beginning of the fifth round. And that's Sammy Watkins. I think this is a great situation for him. I think the Rams are a team that could be on the rise. And I don't think they've been showing all their cards with Sammy Watkins. There is some talent there around on that team. If their quarterback can get up the snuff, Sammy Watkins can be a tremendous value for you at the beginning of the fifth round. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of long-shot guys, a couple of guys that are rookies that you want to pay attention to, especially if you're in a dynasty league or if you're looking to round out you know, as a wide receiver five or so. Corey Davis, you're going to have to pay for him at the end of the 10th round. But this is a great opportunity with a good quarterback in Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. And then Zay Jones. Why Zay Jones? Well, Zay Jones has a lot of speed. You can wait till the end of the 13th round to get him as well. But since Watkins has left Buffalo, there's not a lot of options. I'm not sold on Jordan Matthews as the number one. If he would have been the number one in Philadelphia, they wouldn't have gotten rid of him. So Buffalo's obviously in a rebuilding year. This is a great opportunity for Zay Jones to show what he's got. And we spoke about John Ross before. John Ross is fast. Speed kills, as we said before. And on my depth charts, I got John Ross passing Tyler Boyd already. And John Ross is going to be better as a two anyway because he's going to be on the outside, not in the spot. When you put him on the outside, not in the spot, he can run a lot more fly patterns. He can run a lot more post patterns. And he can be a downfield threat. And that's going to open up things for an A.J. Green.
0: Yeah, you know, I know that we have some difference, but there are some similarities when it comes to knowing that Tyreek Hill was an afterthought, if he was even a thought last year, and here he stands with us now as somebody who is is a dangerous player because of the fact, like you said, that speed kills and Tyreek Hill has the speed, he has the ability, he has the opportunity to change the game for the Kansas City Chiefs, who definitely need the help. You know, what some of the guys we didn't bring up, the Julian Edelmans and the Martavis Bryants and and whatnot, you know, these are these are the guys in the Golden Tates that have suffered a an immense drop. I mean, you look at Julian Edelman, who was a steal for people that would grab him in the sixth round or the seventh round, and then they started getting him a lot earlier. He's a Patriot, so you take him when you take him. He had eleven hundred yards last year. He had three touchdowns, almost hundred catches, but yet He has not cracked either of our top 20. He's heading toward my top 30. And like I said, this is all fluid. So Martavis Bryant, you know, he's 28 for me. He was suspended last year. But if he plays, he's the number two guy in Pittsburgh. So you look at what he could do. Cameron Meredith cracks into my top 30. 888 receiving yards last year. He was a huge, huge positive on a team that had him and Jordan Howard. And really not much else to be excited about for the future. And then Zay Jones, which I'm really, really happy Mike Sofka brought up. Zay Jones, in my opinion, is a tremendous steal in this draft. He is number 30 on my list. But he very well can be the Buffalo Bills' number one receiver. Not at the end of the season. Not in the middle of the season. But very early on, you might see Zay Jones do what Zay Jones does. And I covered Zay Jones when he was at East Carolina. And I interviewed Zay Jones when he was at East Carolina. And I've stayed close with Zay Jones as coach, Scotty Montgomery, at East Carolina. And I'll tell you something, Zay Jones was a steal. I don't even think the Buffalo Bills know what they got 100% fully in Zay. He is about to take this by storm, and he may be one of your best sleepers of this entire draft. Stephon Diggs makes my 31. My 32 is Golden Tate. And Golden Tate had 1,000 yards last season. But Golden Tate, to me, is not a number one receiver. Detroit does not have a number one receiver. They want it to be Marvin Jones or Golden Tate. I don't think it's going to be either one of them. And on a good team, they would be the number two guy at best. So, And I think Golden Tate would be a slot guy. So, you know, to me, it's, it's just not... It's not feasible to have a guy like Golden Tate because he's not consistent, yet he found his way to 1,000 yards, but it's how he gets them. Stephon Diggs, Sam Bradford's not a bad option at quarterback in Minnesota the way he manages the game, but you know these guys fall because of the situations they are in except for Golden Tate who has a really good quarterback in Matt Stafford, yet he just isn't the guy. Calvin Benjamin, he made 26 for me. 941 yards last year, seven touchdowns, yet many consider that to be a bad year for him and a bad year for Carolina. And Terrell Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers had over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns, and he has the opportunity to become the number one guy out there currently due to injury and due to guys moving on. So anything can happen as we look at the fluidity of the wide receivers. And I think that as hard as it was for me to pick running backs, it was even harder for me to pick a ranking system for these wide receivers and to decide where these guys fell just because of the fact that, you know, it's hard for me to put Allen Robinson where I put him. Devontae Parker has moved up and down my list. Tyreek Hill is one of those guys where you try to figure out where to put him. Emmanuel Sanders can get the numbers and Demarius Thomas can get the numbers, but at the end of the day, what's Trevor Simeon going to do? So, You know These question marks make it very difficult, but I don't think you could go wrong. If you look at my ranking system, my number 15, 16, 21, they're all good. So as Mike said, don't get nervous if somebody comes off the board. If someone goes and gets Devontae Parker in the second round where I got him at 21 overall as a wide receiver, don't get nervous with Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, Emmanuel Sanders, Rashard Matthews, Terrell Pryor most likely sitting out there for you. And don't be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins falls into your lap in the third or fourth round and you can take a flyer on him. But Demarius Thomas, he's a 16 for me. He's a former number one in the last couple of years. So anything can happen in your draft. We're ranking them based on how we see them and what we see the value in them. But Mike and I, although different, can agree on why play, why people are where they are in certain spots, and if we have different spots for different guys, we can argue our case why they're there and why the other person has them. where I can say why Mike has them where he's got them and vice versa for me. And with that being said, Mike might go high on somebody, but he might leave one of mine out there for me to take and vice versa. So that helps you out in the draft, and we're helping you out by giving you two perspectives. We'll take a fast break, and we'll come back to – Move forward from wide receivers into the tight end position. But right before we do that, Mike, uh, do you have any sleepers that you want to note at the wide receiver position? Anybody that we didn't talk about?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think that there's two guys that, uh, you know, no one's really talking about at all. And one of them is Corey Coleman. I like Corey Coleman a lot, but, you know, there's question marks at quarterback there at Cleveland. I find it hard to draft a guy from Cleveland at all. But Here's a guy you can get at the end of the 10th round, and he has the opportunity, you know, if they get the quarterback situation stable in Cleveland, to jump up there. So, you know, Cleveland's had some woes on defense recently as well. I know they're trying to shore that up, so that might help a Corey Coleman because they might be throwing the ball a lot more toward the end of the game. So you got to look at the, you know, when you're looking at these players, especially sleeper players, you got to look at the overall perspective you know, here we're talking about Blake Bortles getting cut from Jacksonville. And just a couple years ago, he was a top-ten quarterback, but that was because of garbage time. Well, garbage time still pays the same amount of points in fantasy football. So you need to keep those things in perspective. Corey Coleman, again, a sleeper at the end of the 10th. And then I think another guy that a lot of people are sleeping on. Now, this this will pay a lot of dividends if you're in a league that rewards you for return yards or return touchdowns as well as a Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn Jr. has a lot of opportunity to burst on the scene there in New Orleans. He's got a great quarterback. And as you see, New Orleans had a couple receivers go over 1,000 yards. So a lot of value with Ted Ginn. You, you don't have to pay for him until the beginning of the 13th
0: round. So there's a couple sleepers there for you. And for me to make a note here, I mean, obviously Zay Jones is one of my sleepers for the Buffalo Bills as a rookie wide receiver. Another one that we did not mention is, and well, that I you know, have not spoken about here on the show up until this point, is Tennessee Titans, one of their starting wide receivers is their rookie, Corey Davis, the highest drafted rookie in this year's NFL draft. Corey Davis, to me, with Marcus Mariota, can make for a very, very dangerous tandem. And he could be involved in not just going out there and receiving the ball. I mean, you could find him, like a Ted Ginn, and giving him an opportunity to potentially return some things himself, at least early on to see what he's made of. I think Corey Davis is a threat, and I think that he's somebody that people will overlook. Definitely in the first few rounds, first five, six rounds, they're going to overlook the kid. So if your draft gets deep on wide receiver and you got to reach, you're reaching for a starter when you go for Corey Davis. And outside of Corey Davis, like I said, Zay Jones was the other guy. That I had brought up. I think Corey Coleman with uh, what Mike said was a good opportunity for you to take a look at and if I had to choose anybody else that's that may be able to get the job done may be able to do something special as far as you know looking at your wide receiver sleepers it's it's difficult for me to uh, to reach to another rookie but I'm not against saying that Jamison Crowder could be a good pickup for you because special teams-wise, return game-wise, his speed, we talk about speed kills, and we're speaking on John Ross and speed kills, and we're talking about Tyreek Hill. Well, before the both of them was Jamison Crowder, a Duke product, and to me, Jamison Crowder is a guy that you could pick up late in the draft, stash him away, get him in the middle of the draft, and just kind of people laugh at you and just put him on your team, leave him in your flex position, and watch him go to work. He can the thing is at the end of the day, yards are yards. And if he finds a way to rack up running, receiving and return yards for 100, still 100 yards, still 10 points in my league, 10, one point for every 10 yards you go. So you cannot underestimate a Jamison Crowder, a Corey Davis, or a Zay Jones as my sleepers in this draft, we'll take a step aside and we'll come back with tight ends in just a moment.